Hello, and thank you for joining This Is Just a Phase. I'm your host, Jonathan Kent. I just want to say a few things before we get started with this episode. Um, This will be the last episode that I do for 2021. And uh, I just wanted to take the moment, take a moment to uh, thank everybody who has uh, been listening to the podcast and has been supporting the podcast since day one and throughout um, this entire year. Um, When I started this in at the end of May, I uh, didn't know how many episodes I would do, um, how many bands I would I would be able to get on the show, um, how many people would enjoy listening to it. Um, I was nervous and, and anxious about it, but as episodes came out and time had went on, um, I really started to find uh, my home with the podcast and really enjoyed the guests I was able to get on and, and surprised by how many guests I were able to get on in such a short amount of time. Um, to be able to do 36 episodes in seven months is nothing short but amazing. And I just wanted to take this moment to um, thank everybody from the bottom of my heart uh, for supporting the podcast um, and Supporting my latest endeavors with this is just a record label uh, with my partner Mike, as well as um, people who have supported uh, this is just a compilation, the first release from the label, and the people that have gone out and and checked out Gatlin and their debut EP as well. Um, Turning 40 earlier this year um, was quite jarring, but doing all the things that I wanted to do and, and that I was afraid to do. And uh, instead of sitting on my hands, I decided to be proactive and, and go after the things that I wanted. And that came with the support of all of you. And I just wanted to take this moment to say thank you and uh, happy holidays. And I'll be with you guys in a few weeks. Cheers. Season's greetings, Merry Christmas, 
Happy Hanukkah, happy holidays, and joyous Krampus to you all. On this episode, I have the privilege of sitting down with Matt from the incredible ectopunk band from Italy, the Proton Packs. We chat about growing up in Siena, how he got into playing drums from his mother's uncle, getting into punk rock from Dookie, like the majority of us, and how he loved how small his scene truly was early on. We also discuss Ghostbusters, obviously, and how it's one of the best comedies of the 80s, the insanity that is Dan Aykroyd, how the band formed in 2004 and their career over the last 17 years, getting more and more popular with the help of John from Mom's Basement, and what's coming up for them in 2022. So sit back and try not to get slimed by this episode of This Is Just a Phase. Here's the latest single from the Proton Packs entitled Continuum, released earlier this year. Hey, Jonathan, do you hear me? Yes, I hear you, Matt. Very good. Oh, without that, well, that was able to work for you. Yeah, yeah, it worked through the laptop. I'm sorry about the the issues with the uh, with uh, you know the phone, but I just couldn't uh, find which which was the setting that was okay for Anchor. But now it's working, so it's okay. 
oh yeah, no problem. I was more concerned for you with it being so late. I didn't want to take up too much of your time. No, no, no. Don't worry because uh, you know I'm uh, I'm in vacation these days because I'm uh, I just bought a house and I'm oh, um, congratulations. Yeah, yeah thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I'm uh, I'm renovating it with my girlfriend's uh, relatives uh, because they are in the construction business. And uh, so I have a few days of vacation, so I don't mind even if we go a little bit late. It's not a problem for me. What time is it uh, for you now? It's uh, 4.23 in the afternoon. Okay. Okay. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, my wife uh, did some traveling in uh, Europe a few years ago, and I knew that you guys were six hours ahead of us. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, like England and that, they're five. She was five hours ahead of us. So I knew you guys were... Uh, the same as Germany being six. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, I just, yeah, I think it's a little, little bizarre doing an interview like kind of in the afternoon like this because like I usually do it in the morning huh. or I do it like at nighttime, like nighttime my time. Okay. So it's like a little bit trying to get used to the time differential and stuff like that, but um, I'm glad we were able to do this. Yeah, yeah, it works for me, so I'm really happy. That, okay. uh, that you have me on the show, yeah. Oh, awesome. I, I've, I've, uh, I'm sitting here with Matt from the Proton Packs, uh, drummer and vocalist extraordinaire. Um, I've been a fan of your band for a couple years now, and cool. um, I was really psyched to be able to have the opportunity to talk to you. Um, one of those things where I was like, I hope I could get somebody like this band on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Little little starstruck, you know. No, I, you don't have to be, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad that you're a fan, and uh, you know, it means a lot to us. And uh, you know, it's cool to us to have fans, uh, you know, so far away from us because we, you know, we we come from a, a small country, and uh, you know, we've been playing for a lot of years over here. But uh, I think it's, it's, it's just, uh, you know, we started getting a little bit of, uh, of, a, of a small fan base uh, outside of Europe uh, because of John, you know, from Mom's Basement. And mm -hmm. since we did Space Opera with him, I think, you know, it, it changed a little bit of us, for us. You know, I see that we get a little bit more of recognition for that. And we're, we're very thankful uh, to John for this. <laughs> yeah, John actually lives in the state, same state in the United States as I do, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we're not too far. I'm probably about an hour and a half away from where he's at. Cool. So, um, yeah, I'm a big fan of what, what John's doing over at Mom's Basement. And um, it's really cool that he he has a partnership with a lot of European bands. Um, yeah either through his own or uh, in conjunction with Monster Zero. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I, I thought that was really cool because, like, it, it, uh, for a long time, it was, it was hard for international bands to really get uh, exposure in the States. You know, there was, yeah. there was a couple years there where it was, like, really difficult for the international bands to uh, be heard. And I, I don't know if that's because of... Uh, um, things over here in the states you know the way the way things were going on or whatever have you but um it just seems like over the last couple of years it was like yeah we're i'm, I'm getting exposed to a lot more international bands that like that i'm that i'm really digging uh your band being included in that yeah i think it might also be you know the fact that 
in the last few years, I think the scene really came together uh, a little bit more than, uh, you know, than it did before, I think. And uh, I think the bands and uh, the labels and everybody involved started to realize a few years ago that, uh, you know, it's not such a big scene and, you know, we all should be uh, in it all together, you know, without separation and without uh, borders, I think. And I think it's it's really cool. And, you know, of course, the internet helped a lot in this. And, uh, but I also think that this, you know, last wave of pop punk enthusiasm really brought people together, you know, because I feel like in the early 2000 to, you know, up to 2010 or something, there, you know, there, there was no such thing as a, you know, a, a big scene around pop punk and around, you know, the bands that we care about. But I think in the last few years, it all came a little bit together and I'm really happy about it. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And I, I think in, in the case of me, um, a lot of the pop punk bands that I knew personally um, mm -hmm. were really getting embraced by Europe and that they were able to tour through Europe. And it was like, yeah. and that allowed these bands to come back from Europe and be like, have you checked out? The proton packs have you checked out teenage bubble gums have you checked yeah. out the apers it was getting all these bands over in europe more exposure because these bands coming back from the states were dropping their names and the internet helped that um that interaction take place where you could drop you could name drop tons of bands from different countries yeah yeah it's uh it's definitely true, and I think a, a, a label like Mom's Basement, but you know, also Monster Zero or you know what have you, you, you know, they really brought people together. And also, I think initiatives like uh, Punk Rock Raduno, that has more of an international flavor now, you know, you know, they're all bits and pieces that you know they create this beautiful puzzle that we have now in this scene that. You know, I don't think was so alive a few years ago, and uh, I think it's a beautiful thing. I do too. And you know, and know what's nice is we're we're all around this. The majority of the bands uh, that you know, Ramones, Core, Pop Punk in general, a lot of us are all around the same age. So we've yeah. been, you know, we've been a fan of the genre and bands for twenty plus years. Mm -hmm. it's it's like you said a little bit ago it's um we're starting to realize that the scene is so small that we have to stop trying to create these uh subsectors where you can only like one certain thing or one style of music because that takes away from that makes the small scene even smaller yeah and i think with you know, with social media, it really helps that, you know, sites like the Dummy Room and, you know, now now my group and uh, one, two, three, four downstrokes, um, those kind of groups are really instrumental in trying to keep people interested in punk rock as a whole, despite whatever the genre might be. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's important. I think since we're all around that same age as, when when you listen to something for twenty plus years, 
you it's it it becomes a love at that point it's no longer like oh hey i'm kind of in this into this for a couple of years it's it's become your life after 20 plus years right yeah yeah i think it becomes uh, you know part of, of your dna and part of your mindset also you know i i listen to a lot of kinds of music but you know what keeps coming to me uh, is the, the the mentality around punk rock and you know the the attitude and you know the, the the way you're focused on the songs and this is all very important and I think in a lot of genres uh, they they miss this you know they miss this opportunity of being so focused on you know how good this song is uh, how should I play to you know to pull out the maximum out of it without you know being overindulgent. And, uh, you know, it's a very good and positive attitude that is not found uh, in a lot of genres uh, besides punk rock, you know. I I 100% Uh, agree with you on that, yeah. Uh, It's rock and roll, you know, it's rock and roll. Exactly. And I'm just like you, I listen to a lot of different genres of music, but the, the the one thing I always come back to is just there's no other scene that I think has the heart mm. and the love, not only of fans of punk rock, but the the, the bands of that play punk rock, their relationship. Yeah. It's 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 one and the same. <clears throat> there is no stage. There is no a separation between fan mm. and band. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's true. It's, it's true. Yeah, there's no posture. I mean, maybe some of the bigger bands, but for the most part, um, the majority of the bands in punk rock, I mean, you could walk up to any member of any band and be like, Hey, I'm, I'm John or Hey, I'm Matt. You know what I mean? And you can yeah, yeah. get away with doing that. There's a, there's a accessibility and there's, you know, we're on the same page. We're on the same level and, you know, we all agree on, on what we love and it's sharing and it's a bonding.
I want to start with you. Like how, speaking of punk, um, how did you first get into punk rock and what were the bands that were kind of uh, uh, coming to your attention early on? Uh, I think I started uh, as, you know, uh, for a lot of us, the story goes that we all started with Dookie or, you know, <laughs> at, at least for, you know, the, the, most of us around <laughs> his age, around the... Yeah, not that we're old. 45. Not that we're old or anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, people around the thirty-five to forty-five mark. You know, uh, for for most of us, it started with Dookie, and, and and it happened with me as well. At the same time, I also started to be intrigued with uh, uh, Sex Pistols, and uh, a couple of years later, I learned about the Descendants and about Screeching Weasel because Green Day brought me to Lookout, you know, through their earlier albums. You know, mm. there were these, uh, uh, the, uh, you know, the lyrics sheets inside the uh, Lookout albums. They always had their little catalog in there. And uh, so I started, you know, looking at the catalog. And so I started to order... Uh, at my local record store, the the records uh, of which I like the the cover the most, <laughs> one by one, you know. So I started with uh, Screeching Weasel and the River Days and so on, and you know, and so I discovered this little bubble, and um, I also liked uh, you know metal early on, uh, English metal and also stuff like Testament and so on. Uh, but once I discovered uh, punk rock, I think I was uh, I started to focus on that, and I discovered all these bands. And you know, the cool thing about it, it was you know the fact that there was this uh, sort of underground, you know, of this thriving underground of uh, you know labels that had their own aura, their own you know attitude, their own. Uh, you know, uh, fashion, the, the way they were doing things, uh, their own uh, aesthetic and so on. And, you know, uh, I was really drawn to this and I became really fascinated with this world. And, you know, it became my, my passion. And, but I think it all started with Dookie and then with, uh, yeah, maybe the Descendants, Screeching Weasel, and then all the Lookout bands and... Uh, but I, you know, in the early days, I also liked a lot of, uh, you know, uh, what what we used to call melodic hardcore, you know, like Wagon and uh, NoFX, No Use for Name, and so on. Mm. But uh, my heart was always more on the lookout uh, kind of sensibility. You know? Yeah, the same with me. I was, I, yeah. I, I'd gotten into to Green Day just like you, the same time mm. period. And, yeah. you know, being, I was in junior high, I think I was like in seventh grade when that album came out and, okay. uh, or eighth grade, I think I was in eighth grade maybe. And once, once Green Day hit and then the offspring hit and rancid and the effects yeah. start getting popular, it was like, all of a sudden we had access to so many different bands. Yeah. So very quickly and from all different kinds of countries. I mean, I got exposed to, you know, bands from Europe and bands from Asia and bands from Canada and all over the place. And it was just, it was so very fast. Yeah. There was so much music. It was like kind of like, 
opening the floodgates almost. <laughs> and when you're yeah. 13 years old, like you're trying to like consume all this stuff when you don't have money. So you're just trying to try to work odd jobs to go pick up a CD. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, what, what I'm interested in is that, you know, for me, it was uh, something that was fascinating because I like the music and I like the aesthetic and everything. But also because to me, coming from Italy and knowing that I was, uh, uh, you know... It was not so popular to be a punk rocker or to listen to pop punk or whatever. Uh, for me, it was also a way to uh, make myself different from the pack, you know, to to make a difference or something. And also because being uh, more or less an American kind of music, to me, it was also sort of exotic, if you know what I mean. But I, I mean, I'm interested, you know, uh, being from the U.S. If this was uh, the case or not, or if, you know, for you, it was different, uh, you know, knowing that all these bands were more, um, near to you, if it made a difference or not, because for me, um, you know, it made things more difficult knowing that in Italy, there wasn't, you know, the, the pop punk scene was not so big as in the U S but also, you know, for me, it was also something that I was thriving on because it, it, I sort of felt different from the other kids, you know, and, and, and I was sort of proud of that. You know what I mean? But oh, I, yeah. I, I don't know if it was different from someone who was more uh, near to the scene uh, as you, as you were. Um, for me, I think, um, obviously I, I'm not from Italy, so I can't speak for Italy itself, but I knew that when I was getting into bands, from the the US. I was also getting exposed to um the international bands. Mm -hmm. So I never really kind of looked at punk as just being like this American thing. Okay, yeah. Um I had gotten into bands like the McCrackens early on. Mm -hmm. Um I had gotten into um I'm trying to think here stiff little fingers uh from I think they're from Ireland. Um, I got into a lot of the British stuff that was coming out. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I used to listen to a band called, uh, I don't know if you remember them. They were on Lookout. They were called Biz. How were, how were they called? Uh, Biz. B-I-S. B-I-S. No, I don't They were remember. from, I'm trying to remember if they were from, not Finland, Huh. But uh, maybe like up around like Sweden or like okay. Finland or something like that. They were originally from up there. But they um, were one of those uh, uh, hardcore lookout bands, right? No, they were more no? like kind of electro, electro ah. pop. Okay, cool. Yeah, they were they nice. were they were very different. Yeah. Okay. Um, like like the later on lookout, like the late nineties. Uh -huh. Ah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. But I'm when I was getting into bands, like I I don't know, I just. I think for me it was just whatever whatever bands like you said in the liner notes whatever bands they were name dropping <laughs> I, I got I got exposed to I mean I had friends who were, were in pop punk bands and they were dropping bands like the Apers and um they were dropping bands like the Rosillos and 
I was getting I was getting exposed to bands like that too, you know, even after I got into punk rock. So it never really I never really looked at punk as being anything but kind of a global thing, I guess, in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think what, what I was getting at if uh, is that for me, you know, the fact that this thing was so foreign and so exotic in, you know, where I come from, the stuff I listen to, uh, for me, it was a plus. It was not something that draw me out of it. And uh, I'm not sure, I'm not so sure that if I was born around, uh, you know, Gilman Street, if I would have been as fascinated with that world. Uh, I like, see what you're saying. You know, I, you know? I know what you're saying. Where, you know? where, where I'm from, it wasn't, it wasn't as accessible. Okay. As far as like going to see shows. Yeah. And I think that's what you mean. I think I took it wrong. Um, I had to work like where I'm from. It's it's Western Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is um, very still uh, industry driven, uh -huh. and um, um, you know, a lot of small cities, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. I'm kind of smack in between, and um, right. it wasn't like you could find shows anywhere, like everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, it was mostly like in people's basements or. Yeah. Um, like kind of like social clubs and like township buildings, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. so there was not a, a, a real proper scene that was, you know, thriving and a lot of people drawn to it, it was more like small things and small uh, basement shows and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I was, I'm six hours from New York City, I'm, you know, six hours mm -hmm. from Chicago. Yeah. So it was like, you know, in a lot of ways, like we, our local scene just kind of thrived on its own yeah. um, for a long time until a couple of local bands from the area, you know, got more famous and, and uh, started helping the, the scene get put on the map um, with bands like, Ant starting with Anti-Flag from Pittsburgh. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Youngstown in the uh, mid-2000s, uh, Youngstown, Ohio is home to um, Johnny Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And uh, um, the Reynolds, which would end up being um, the Hollywood Blondes. Mm -hmm. uh, and and it, it started around that time. We were starting, Youngstown was starting to get under people's radars. Yeah. And it, it really helped people to kind of pay attention to what was going on in kind of like the Midwest part of the United States a little bit. And it was nice because by that time I had already been on the scene for like 10 plus years anyways. Okay. So it was pretty cool. But yeah, I kind of get where you're coming from. Yeah, there wasn't, when you wanted to go to shows, you you had to look for them. It wasn't like you couldn't go to bars. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I think our, our experiences are not so different because, you know, the way... Uh, um, I'm structured and the way I think and the way I'm drawn to the to the underdog and to the smaller things and to the things you don't expect and to you know I probably would would not have been so fascinated with this whole world if I had been born uh, you know uh, in a place where uh, this kind of scene was really blooming because maybe then I would have been drawn to uh, um, you know a more uh, a minor thing you know what i mean <laughs> i totally agree with you i yeah. kind of like that i i had the work i had the yeah, work to exactly. like like it was almost it was like the basement of the underground <laughs> exactly yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, don't know that, if it's that, a good that. thing, but that's just the way, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm built to think. So, <laughs> and you know what? And that's probably why after 20 years, we're 20 plus years, we're still a part of that scene. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like, oh, I'm used to this. This is just how it is. You know what I mean? This is always the way it's been. Like, we still, we still appreciate it because we had to work so hard to yeah. uh, keep it in our lives. you i mean being from italy um when you when you started playing in bands um was there were there little pockets of of punk scenes going on in italy or was it more of like because like you said italy's not that big of a country uh-huh. um was it was it more of a, a country kind of a scene or was it more of like um like your scene and like did naples have a scene did sicily have a scene was there like little pockets throughout the country so um there was more of a scene in northern italy around milan okay uh and a lot of popular bands in pop punk uh came from there you know one that comes to mind that are still active are called impossibili uh, mm-hmm. but they they sing in italian but they really pop punk you know really uh, you know look out sound and that stuff but in italian and uh you know they they i, I think they started in the early 90s or i think or i've come across like a couple of their songs yeah 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 and um there were a few bands in sicily uh, like you mentioned uh like sempre freschi which i think were born 
like in the you know still early 90s i think uh where i come from i come from siena which is in central italy tuscany uh okay. which is uh my, my town is near florence it's like one hour drive from florence okay uh there was never a big scene you know there was a uh there were a few bands in the 60s some bands in the 70s so some some uh music stuff was happening throughout the years but uh you know when i was <clears throat> you know a teenager let's say or you know even younger but still in the 90s there were a few bands but you you could not call it a scene uh, the band I was playing in before the Proton Packs was called the High School Dropouts, and uh, they oh, exist. Okay. okay, I don't know if you're f- uh, familiar with them. Um, and yeah, I've uh, heard a couple. I've heard some songs by them. I think one of my buddies might have a seven inch from you guys, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's possible. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, they started, I think, in '98, '99. And I joined them uh, maybe a year later. Uh, and, you know, that was the scene. You know, there were the guys from the high school dropouts, and they, I became friends with them. And uh, Alex, uh, who still plays in Proton Packs with me, uh, we played together. And, uh, you know, we were going out with the guys from the high school dropouts and so on. There were a few older punks, you know, like sort of cross punks and stuff like that. But, you know, you could not call it a scene. And, uh, you know, but uh, we, we, we sticked uh, to our guns and, you know, <laughs> we sort of, you know, we sort of kept uh, to ourselves and, uh, you know, but, but yeah, you know, it was fun. We sometimes we went out to northern Italy to see shows and stuff like that, where the scene was more, uh, you know, a little bit more vibrant than, than it was in Tuscany, but, um, you know. Uh, I don't think you could call it a scene where I come from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I have uh, my uh, my great grandparents on my mom's side. Uh, they came from Italy. They came mm-hmm. from uh, uh, a town called Bolo- Bologna. Bologna. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bologna. Yeah, that's um. Yeah, my uh, great grandparents uh, migrated or not migrated. Excuse me. They uh, immigrated yeah. over here in in the 1920s. Uh-huh. And, it's in uh, uh yeah in Emilia Romagna region which is yeah. not far from us. Bologna is like uh, a couple of hours uh, from from where I live. Yeah, like um It's I'm... uh it's a beautiful town, you know. And uh, there and and it was uh like a sort of historical landmark for punk in you know the you know the 80s uh Oh, was, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, there was uh, there was a lot of uh, you know, uh, punk bands and a lot of, uh, uh, you know, punk houses, uh, squats and so on in, in Bologna in the 80s and the, in the 90s. Oh, wow. It's, it's, a, oh. it's, a, it's a dream of mine to one day um, to travel to Italy and just uh, not only where I'm from, but um, just the, the, the country overall like it, it's definitely on my bucket list of mm-hmm. of things i you know places i want to be because i'm not i'm not that removed from it i'm only i'm only you know third generation italian american okay. like 
it's 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 you know I grew up um my great aunt cooked us a, you know every Sunday dinners and it was mm-hmm. such a focal point of my life cool. um, I have all her recipes and when I when I get a chance to cook it's always you know I want to make brujol and I want to make pasta and I want to make yeah, all yeah. these smelts and all that stuff and um cool. yeah I'm very I'm very close to that side of uh of um you know my family tree for sure cool that's nice yeah <laughs> um but you mentioned uh your your early early seniors and stuff like that but um how did you how did you get to playing drums and um who were kind of your influences when you started playing uh i think i started playing drums because i had uh an uncle uh, who passed away um I think it was uh, 99, something like that. And he was a jazz drummer. And uh, I was not so close to him because, uh, I, I mean, I call him my uncle, but it was not really my uncle. It was my mother's uncle. Um, but it was he was always a, a sort of fascinating figure for me. And, um, you know, I always went to his place and we watched uh, videotapes of him playing and, uh, just records and so on and um, I think thinking back he was uh, a quite influential figure for me and you know he might be one of the reasons why I picked up the drums as an instrument and you know that that was the first instrument I, I learned to play um, yeah uh, I think I, st- I I did not start too young. I think I started playing drums around uh, sixteen. I was around sixteen years. Mm. Yeah, and uh, but I I did not have a real band for at least a couple of years, and then I joined the high school dropouts, and you know I became more focused and serious about it. And uh, and then all the various bands I had with Alex from the Proton Packs, they sort of merged <laughs> into the Proton Packs <laughs> around uh, around two thousand four. Two thousand four. So that would be yeah. that would be the genesis of the Proton Packs is two thousand four. Yeah. 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 Oh, awesome. Um, for anybody who hasn't had hasn't heard your band, you describe yourself <laughs> as. Uh, ecto science punk yeah am i getting the translation right on that <laughs> yeah we normally say ecto punk you know it comes from uh, you know proton packs come from ghostbusters oh and, you I know love, there's I love ghostbusters <laughs> yeah you know there's uh the card that is the ecto one yes so you know we said when we were uh choosing the you know the band name we will say you know let, let's you know let's make up uh, a genre as well let's call it ectopunk (laughs) (laughs) and i love Uh, that i love that because we always had this fascination for you know sci-fi and espionage things so you know it was just a way to you know to differentiate us a little bit (laughs) you know my my youngest he's 10 um Uh me and my wife we finally got him and watched we watched the original two ghostbusters with him cool yeah and he loved it and because we're gonna get we're we're excited to see the new one that's coming out oh yeah yeah i've seen it yeah oh yeah don't no spoilers (laughs) no 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 i'm not gonna spoil anything but uh you know the first one the first one to me 
I was talking to a couple of friends these days because, you know, the, we, we've all seen the new one and uh, I won't spoil anything. But to me, the first one is one of the great uh, comedies of the 80s. You know, it's one of the greatest comedies of the 80s because it is, it, in fact, it is a comedy. You know, besides all the uh, sci-fi, uh, you know, uh, ambientation and what, whatnot, but it's a great comedy and you know bill murray really shines on that one mm-hmm. and i and i i love bill murray and i love yeah. uh I, I i just i love that whole cast it just they, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um i'm a big i'm a big dan Aykroyd fan yeah 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 sure he's a madman he's uh, really he's... a mad i don't know if you have watched any interviews with him Oh, it's I have. Crazy. Yeah. You know, it's really far out. <laughs> it's really, it, it talks, you know, about everything and nonstop. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it's really a wacko, you know. But, uh, you know, it's, he, he's lovely. You know, he's a lovely guy. Do, do, you have, do you have Netflix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen, there, there's a series on Netflix called The Movies That Made Us? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I've seen that scrolling down, but uh, I still haven't uh, I still haven't watched it. But, yeah, watch um, the Ghostbusters gonna, one. Yeah. It cool. talks about uh, Dan Aykroyd. He wrote the script to yeah, the, yeah. the original script. Yeah. And um, his grandfather was into, like, um, <laughs> yeah, no. ghost medians and stuff like that. Yeah, like, it's yeah, far yeah. out, man. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I, okay, I thought uh, that was really cool. You should listen to, do you know Joe Rogan, the podcast guy? Yeah. Joe Rogan, yeah. Uh, he has a podcast, I think he's, it's from like one year or one year and a half ago with Dan Croyd. And, uh, and uh, Dan Croyd talks about all these, uh, you know, mediums and ghosts and uh, UFOs because he believes in all these things, you know. Oh, it's yeah. Not, it's not just like, he, he basically is... Uh, uh, race dancer from Ghostbusters. He, he's that person, you know. He believes in everything. And uh, Joe Rogan, you know, he tries to be a little skeptic, you know, mm-hmm. he tries to challenge him a little bit, but you know, it's very hard because he, you know, he's so fervent about it. Oh, yeah, he has a fight. <laughs> it's really, yeah, he believes in it, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's really funny. <laughs> he, you know, he was uh, he was engaged to Carrie Fisher, you know. I did uh, hear about that. Yeah, yeah. a couple yeah, of years yeah. ago, I heard about that. Yeah, I that, think they did a lot of drugs together. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It was the eighties. It was a crazy yeah. time.
the the early years of the band. I mean, you guys put out um, "Welcome to the Ecto Punk Realm" EP, yeah. and um, really much in in the style of the 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 pop punk Ramon style hmm. um, kind of pop punk. Hmm. Um, some of my favorite tracks because I was going back listening to your albums. And I, Cathode Man, uh, Black Lagoon, One Bullet to Go, yeah, um, very, very reminiscent. The last one, very, very reminiscent of like, um, you know, more not 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 quite so much pop punk, but more uh, like the Misfits. Yeah, yeah, the, there was definitely that vein. I don't know how much it was, uh, you know, how much we thought about it, but. If I listen back to our earlier stuff, it was definitely there. Yeah, yeah, and I, I definitely like that. I, I yeah. like that. Not only do you do kind of the sci-fi aspect of the song, but there's also songs about monsters, and mm-hmm. you delve a little bit into horror on each album. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't sound. It's it's you know you say it's like oh it's our thing the ecto punk stuff you know you're creating a genre, but it's not done in a hokey way. Mm-hmm. Like they're good songs, they're well written songs. Like and and you know you you guys tackle songs like about espionage and spies and cyborgs. Like later on, you know when you did the weird science of ecto punk. You had stuff like Russian Cyborg and yeah. Psycho History, and it's 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 done in like a very smart way, and it's never seen as just being kind of a gimmick. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it feels authentic. You know what I mean? Like it's it legit feels like an authentic. You know, your genre is 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 not a gimmick. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we always uh, try to, you know, it's very hard to look back on 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 what you write, especially if the lyrics, because you know, songs are more timeless. You know, yeah, you can write a song that is not uh, that maybe you don't like anymore after ten years. Uh, with the lyrics, is is more, you know, the, the more that you grow and and the more that you see, maybe the more naive aspects about it about mm-hmm. the older stuff but um i don't have bad thoughts about uh you know the songs that we have written even in our first ep even in the welcome to the act punk realm because uh you know we're, we're always trying to be um to bring a sort of not 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 a seriousness but a sort of uh uh no nonsense attitude about it you know uh without being too gimmicky about it that's that that was a good word that was the word i was looking for yeah Yeah, that 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 um that just realness yeah yeah there there was a goal because i mean after all you know our biggest inspiration especially in the beginning it was the the lillingtons you know oh yes yeah yeah so the lillingtons are a big influence on you could definitely hear that um, I yeah, heard, definitely. like, of course, the Misfits. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, like I, because there's not too many, there's not too many bands out there that really tackle um, those kinds of subjects. Which really cracks me up is because a lot of punks are kind of nerds. Like we're into <laughs> comic books, we're into 
you know, Star Wars and, you know, and yeah. I mean, uh, we're yeah. into like, you know, weird, like kind of the outsider kind of thing. And sci-fi was always kind of like seen as kind of an outsider thing, mm-hmm. you know, like Twilight Zone and Outer yeah. Limits and yeah, like, and it's cool to see a band like yours tackle stuff like that because that's, that's punk rock to me. That anything right. outsider culture is like punk rock to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, so, so you guys did. Uh, I'm just gonna run through your guys, your guys's, uh, um, uh, your catalog. Uh, mm-hmm. You had, like I said, welcome to the Acto Punk Realm. Um, you did the split with the leeches. Yeah. Um, you did the weird science of Acto Punk. Um, you did, yeah, which which is our first, uh, let's say, real album. Yeah, the first LP yeah. that was on yeah. what Surfing Key, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Carlo uh, from Pisa, he does not live too far from us, and he still has a great label. Now he's more focused on more garage uh, kind of rock and roll kind of thing, but uh, it's still a great label. It puts out a lot of stuff. Yeah, I've heard a lot of the stuff he puts out now, and it's yeah. really good. I, I always kind of like the garage punk stuff a lot, too. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the Golden Nugget stuff from, like, the 60s. Yeah, 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 sure. Um, you did the pizza connections with uh, the photogenics, yeah. the sensibles, and the unluckies. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said earlier when we first started talking, you, you made the transition over to Mom's Basement uh, yeah. with uh, Space Opera. And... Um, Yes, great songs, Made of Steel, Stuck on Alpha, Master of the Universe. Yeah, Space Opera, it was actually, I don't know, maybe I was wrong. I, I said something wrong before, I don't remember. But yeah, I thought Space Conspiracy, Opera, 66 Yeah, was yeah, the first Conspiracy one. was the first one. Yeah, yeah, maybe I I confused myself before. Uh, Space Opera was actually out on One Chord Wonder, out of Milan, Italy. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I knew, yeah, I yeah. knew that was. I knew we were, we were kind of both kind of wrong on that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry about that. Oh, it's all right, man. You guys have been playing for a long time. Man. It's okay yeah, to yeah. get get years and albums confused, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, most people wish they had that problem. <laughs> um, but then in 2017, this is when I got into you guys. Um, yeah. Was with Conspiracy '66. And probably like a most people, the the big song off that was "This Plan Cannot Fail." Oh yeah, the the, star, the you know the first song, yeah. Yeah, the, that was like that was the first song that I heard by you guys, and it just kind of like it made me excited because I I'm like I like I said before, I like that that sci-fi that 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 like doomsday apocalyptic kind of stuff, and you know, mm-hmm. and, and and I was like, it really it really turned my ears on because like you just don't hear enough of it so when you do like you get really excited to hear it yeah yeah i know i know what you're talking about it's you know we also try to make it a little bit you know still melodic but also a little bit darker you know that album is very dark yeah yeah not not so much on the poppy side but you know still melodic but a little bit darker and uh you know i get excited too when i when i I discovered this kind of bands like I don't know, for example, the you know the Zoonoids or the Hemorrhoids and you know the Suck because um, you know there, there's not too many pop punk bands that you know like this darker aspect of songwriting and uh, so uh, I also like the brighter things you know I also mm-hmm. like you know, but but you know when when you hear the these these kind of bands to me they're always a little bit more special 
because of that. Yeah, like I got in, I got into you guys because I had gotten into, uh, I'd gotten into the teenage bubblegums around the mm-hmm. same time, and I listened to their early stuff, and then they started doing albums. They their sound got really dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, and I heard you guys, and I was like, it, it, they're both dark sounding records, but neither the bands don't sound the same. Like there's definitely different. Um, different kind of subject matter that's different um you guys still play kind of on the lighter side of things while still Mm -hmm. sounding dark yeah yeah and i was like i was really that i I joke around 2017 was my italy year (laughs) i got into a lot of italian bands during that time We did a split with them. Yeah, I was gonna say you have the the party time for astronauts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but um, uh, off a of conspiracy, I liked uh, Lock Lockheed seventy one and Tin Foil mm. Hat Man. Yeah. Um, 
that were still kind of uh, like you said, it's dark, but it's it doesn't take itself too seriously. Mm-hmm. It finds that nice fine line. Like I think you guys are really good at finding finding that line of uh, a good balance between the dark and uh, the non serious aspects. To, yeah, yeah, to what you're talking about. Yeah, to me also bringing some humor, uh, but you know, but not uh, like sort of uh, what you might call tongue in cheek. You know, yes, humor. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that. I'm a big fan of that stuff too. And um, and then most recently, you guys did Paradox LP, um, through yeah. Mom's Basement and the Continuum single. Um, yeah. and this album, I remember when it came out, the the advertisement for this when it came out, do people lost their shit, dude? <laughs> people lost their shit over this album, and it's so good. It's so good. How does it make you feel to know you're in a band for 16 years up to that point and people are still excited to for your new stuff? Like, how, how does that make you feel? Well, you know, uh, we're always uh, excited the most about our newest stuff, you know. So uh, because we, we, we all like our, our older, uh, you know, LPs and our older songs, but... You know, we're always excited when something new comes out because we try, you know, to to put a lot of heart into it. And uh, so, you know, it, you know, for Paradox, we were really happy because I think it's, um, you know, if you ask me, it's our best album, yeah. uh, definitely. And uh, so we were really happy about it because we, you know, we tried to... Uh, because, for example, uh, so let, let's keep the first album, the, the, the Weird Science of Ectopunk, because it's more a collection of songs. Because at that time, we had a lot of songs floating around because we had been around for a few years, but we hadn't done an LP yet. So mm-hmm. we had a lot of songs floating around and we just, you know, crammed them together in one mm-hmm. album. So, I mean, I, I like that as an album, but it's more a collection of songs of songs that an actual you know thought out project and uh, and then we did space opera which is more of a sort of um uh you know it's 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 a whole story you know thought uh together in the form of an album so Mm -hmm. and it's uh it's like a album yeah, like a rock opera, like, uh, you know, concept, a concept album. And, uh, you know, it's the only album that we have that is like that because all the other albums, uh, Conspiracy and Paradox, they have uh, songs that are structured around the same theme, but there's not a story, you know, around there's it. There's not a continue. There's, a, there's uh, always a common idea between albums. Exactly. But Space Opera really tells a story from start to finish. And that was something special. But, uh, and I like that, but there are some aspects about it which I think are a little bit more to uh, maybe uh, to match. Uh, operatic no no pun intended but sometimes you know it goes you know it goes a little bit beyond uh you know it, it 
it's not a fun album while i think paradox also has a lot of fun moments and uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know it's got some dark stuff but you know it's also got the humor stuff you know it's got a good balance as you were saying before uh, you know that that's why i think it's the best one so yeah far. um I, I would agree with you as much as i do like conspiracy 66 yeah yeah i i really like paradox and mystery zone enigma machine paradox business as usual those are some of the tracks that like i, I wanted to highlight but honest to god that fr- front to back it's a great album oh, um, thanks, man. it's i i was really excited like most people was when it when it came out um in 2020 was such a year i mean it was such a crazy year because of the pandemic but so much great music came out because of it yeah um, your album came out, and uh, the Giant Eagles' Second Landing came out, and yeah. uh, there was just so much. You know, obviously, there's tons of others, but uh, Screeching um, Weasel, yeah, yeah, Screeching Weasel's new record, uh, the Queers' yeah. new the Queers, l- yeah. last record. Um, there was just so much going on, and it was like everybody was super excited because we were all stuck at home. We were like, we gotta get this. We gotta have another album. We, you yeah. know, we're we're chucking, we're chucking money. Just like give, give, give me all the music you got. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, um, we didn't really touch too much. You you mentioned Alex a couple times. You yeah. have Alex, you have Brody, yeah. and I'm trying to remember the bass player's name. It's it's a it's a funnier name. Yeah, it's El, a, El something it's blank it's in Spanish, El Leon Blanco. That's uh, it, El Leon I don't know, Blanco. I don't know it. why, but all our bass players always have a Spanish name. We we started it with the first one, and and we're continuing on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, you know, his real name is Marky, uh, but we, uh, you know, in the band we call him uh, El Leon Blanco. But uh, <laughs> he's been together. Uh, he's been with us since uh, Space Opera, so now he's uh, really a staple. Of our sound <laughs> he's an old hat now right yeah 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 <laughs> well matt before i let you go um i wanted to talk to you a little bit about you know now that everything's it, it's starting to relax a little bit and and maybe not playing live just yet you know some bands are a little bit hesitant on doing that but it seems like a lot of people are starting to get a little bit um more calm with the way things are um do you guys have anything uh, planned uh going into next year as far as uh trying to tour um anything of that nature so um we're playing puke fest in january okay i guess i do realize it yep in, in Germany, and uh, you know, Puke Fest has been going on for a few years. They skipped last year mm-hmm. uh, because of the pandemic, and uh, it's uh, put up by Lars from Neon Bone. Mm-hmm. So we're playing there with the Hemorrhoids, Neon Bone, Decracks, Shivis, the Randells, and so on. And uh, so we're playing there. Uh, we have a show uh, next week, actually, but here in Tuscany. So it's oh, also okay. a local local show. Uh, then, uh, you know, we have a lot of news, actually. We, we're work, working on a new album. Uh, oh, wow, already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
we we're working on uh, sort of a Christmas surprise, which I cannot talk too much about, but uh, you will see in the coming weeks. <laughs> Ooh, I'll, I'll, I'll be I'll be next to my social media for that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, uh, we're doing a split with the Zoonoids, which uh, we were talking about, and uh, it's coming out hopefully in January as well. And uh, yeah. And we have a couple of songs for a tribute out. And, you know, a lot of stuff going on. We have new T-shirt that's coming out. And we, we just did uh, the CD version of the uh, Le Gemme Nascoste dei Proton Packs, which is uh, sort of a collection of old stuff, out-of-print stuff. Which, I just saw uh, that recently. I didn't get my hands on that yet. Yeah, it's uh, it's out of mom's basement, and uh, actually, it was born as a sort of uh, um, streaming only uh, compilation. Then Commando Records, which is run by Alex and Brody from the Proton Packs, did uh, the cassette version, and then John just recently did uh, the CD version as well. So we had we have that coming out. Uh, you know, it was just out in mid November. Uh, you know, and then we, you know, we're just writing songs for the new album, and we're hoping it's gonna be, you know, uh, just as good as Paradox or better, hopefully. Awesome. Always strive for better, right, man? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, listen, I, I've I've had you on the phone for almost an hour now, and I just I wanted to thank you very much for um, coming on to the podcast and talking to me. Um, like I said earlier, on it, it's it's always nice to know that I can get um, bands that I really like and respect, and um, always dug what you you know dig what you guys do, and it's cool to get you get to know you a little bit better, um, get to know the band a little bit better um, as a fan number one. So I, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. No, I'm really proud to be, you know, a part of your show. I've been following you for a few months and, uh, you know, I love podcasts and uh, I love your podcast. And, you know, it's just awesome for me to talk about Proton Pack stuff, you know. Uh, and it feels good to know that someone is caring and, you know, thanks for having me on. Oh, you're very welcome. And you're, and you're more than, you're invited back anytime you want to come back on. Yeah, um, cool. I'd be thrilled to have you. Um, you're really, you're really a cool guy, and uh, really, really great to talk with. And I, and like I said, I really appreciate you being on. Thanks, man. You're welcome. But hey, man, enjoy the rest of your night. Cool. Um, it was great talking to you, and I'll be in touch with you real soon. Oh yeah. <laughs> have a have a great night, man. All right. Have a nice day. <laughs> yeah, you too, man. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.